Thank you for joining us this Friday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our second message today is called The Visions of Hope. It comes from Amos chapter 9. And we'll begin reading with verse 1. He says, I saw the Lord standing at the altar, and he said, Strike the tops of the pillars so that the threshold shakes. Bring them down on the heads of all the people. Those who are left I will kill with the sword. No one will get away. None will escape. Though they dig down the depths of the grave, from there my hand will take them. Though they climb up to the heavens, from there I will bring them down. Though they hide themselves at the top of Carmel, there I will hunt them down and seize them. Though they hide from me at the bottom of the sea, there I will command the serpent to bite them. Though they are driven into exile by their enemies, there I will command the sword to slay them. I will fix my eyes upon them for evil and not for good. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, he who touches the earth and it melts, all who live in it mourn. The whole land rises like the Nile, then sinks like the river of Egypt. He who builds his lofty palace in the heavens and sets the foundations of the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. Are you not Israelites, the same as the Cushites, declares the Lord? Did I not bring Israel from Egypt, the Philistines from Captor, and the Armenians from Ker? Surely the eyes of the Sovereign Lord are on the sinful kingdom. I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not totally destroy the house of Jacob, declares the Lord. For I will give the command and I will shake the house of Israel among all the nations, as grain is shaken in a sieve, not a, and not a pebble will reach the ground. All the sinners among my people will die by the sword. All those who say disaster will not overtake us or will meet us. In that day I will restore David's fallen tent. I will repair its broken places. I will restore its ruins and will build it as it used to be, so that they may possess the remnants of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord. Who, is, who will do these things? The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. I will bring back my exiled people Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities, and they will live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have, for, I have given them, saith the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for this word today. We thank you for Amos chapter 1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5, and 6, and 7, and 8. But Lord, we thank you for Amos chapter 9, the vision of hope. So Lord, we pray you will give me words and wisdom for today's podcast. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So think about this. We followed Amos chapter 1. So Amos chapter 1 was responding. Uh, no, I apologize. That's Joel. One moment. So Amos chapter 1 was about justice or judgment and justice. About the sins of the of the six nations and the sins of Judah and Jerusalem. He was telling them, repent. But we think about this character of Amos. He was a shepherd. He spoke like a shepherd. He looked like a shepherd, as we talked about. He even smelled like a shepherd. But he surely did not sound like a shepherd. The words were powerful. He was calling the nations and the nation of Israel of Judah and Jerusalem and Israel, he was calling them to repentance. Then we see in chapter 2 about the sin and wealth. We hear about the wealth of the church. We hear about the wealth of the many, many countries. But we know one thing, that wealth did not get them anywhere, but their sin was was not done away with either. When we see in Amos chapter 4, he told them, prepare to meet God. He was telling them God was coming. God was going to rain down his judgment. And we see in Amos chapter 5 and 6, seek the Lord and live. He was responding to them. He says, seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba, for Gilgoth will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. All their glamour, all their their ornate uh, church or temple, it was nothing in the sight of God. It was hollow worship. And we see this Carried on in the chapter 6, he says, Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. He was letting them know God was angry, and God was going to send punishment. And we talked about yesterday, or this morning, I apologize, in Amos chapter 7, verse and, and 7 and 8, about the visions of judgment. There was a judgment coming. But we see what Amos did. We see he cried out, Sovereign Lord, forgive. How can Jacob survive? He is so small among the nations. We see the Lord relented. And then a second time, we see him cry out again. And the Lord relented. 
You know, God can change his mind. But these are all step by step of what was coming. That's verse 7 and 8. And then we see the vision of hope today. You know, hope is important to you and I today. Hope can lift us up when we have a broken spirit, when we're down, when we're, if I can use the word, when we are frustrated, when we are depressed even. We have to have hope. We can't wallow in it. You know, the devil would like to have us depressed, frustrated. You know, everything seems like going in the wrong direction. But you know what? There is always hope. Our hope is found in Jesus today. It's a hope that can strengthen the feeblest of bodies, those that are weak, those that are sick, those that are in need of healing. A hope. I think of people when they go into the hospital and, and they have a diagnosis and they say, well, doc, what, what, is the, what is the outcome? And the doctor says, well, you know, this is, this is such and such of an illness and there's no cure. Or doc, the doctor will say, well, there's many, many options we can do, you know, but we're not sure, you know, what exactly what to do. You would have to make that choice. But I think about it today that God is the great physician. He can touch us. He can heal us. He can give us strength when we're tired. Strength when we don't think we can go another day. He can transform even our darkest of days. Like those days when the diagnosis is not good. He can transform them. We can see the bigger picture. No one wants to get bad news, especially if it's health news, news of a loss of a loved one, or, the, or someone, there's no cure. Those kinds of things are, we don't, want, we don't like getting that. But as Christians, we serve a living Savior. We serve a God who gives us the hope of eternal life. So even if this body decays, which it, Scripture tells us it will, but we're being renewed day by day in spirit. We will live on in eternity with, with God. But in this final chapter of Amos, of the book of Amos, we see this pace begin to pick up. The prophet Amos prophesied to the nations. He prophesied to Israel and Judah. He told them what was coming. Destruction was coming quickly now. We see that through the book of Amos, he offers little hope. It seems like it's all about destruction and turmoil and loss of this and going into exile and all these things happening. But in the final chapter, we see a change. We see his prophecy brought the words of the words of God in his prophecy, bringing about a surprising conclusion. That's that vision of hope. 
one that is full of hope, full of promise, and a renewed vision of God. Sometimes in our life we need a renewed vision of God. Sometimes we need our promise restored. And sometimes we need to be full of hope. You know, someone said to me once, said, Pastor Doug, said, how is it that you, you never get angry? Or how is it that you never, you know? And I said, it's the grace of God. Do I want to get angry? Of course. You know, it's a human trait. But you know, God gives me the strength. He gives me strength when I see people that are broken in spirit to give them a word of encouragement like this podcast. He gives me strength when I have back pain and I can't even get out of bed in the morning. I have to rest. But I ask the Lord for strength. He can transform even the darkest of day. You know, I often think when a thunder shower or a a cyclone or hurricane is coming and how as the storm approaches, it's still light out, but as the storm descends upon the descends upon the land, it becomes dark. It looks like, you know, we have a saying, it looks like the end of the world. But we don't know what the end of the world looks like. But it looks like, you know, great destruction is coming because it's an ominous storm. The clouds, the wind, the rain, the howling from the wind, the destruction that comes from it. But even in the darkest of moments of life, they can be turned into lighthearted praise. We need to praise the Lord even in the midst of the storm. I often think of a scripture or a song that comes to mind when I'm going through something. And you know, people say, Pastor, you know, you're a pastor. You you can't go through things. And you know what? We do. But God sees us through. And God can see you and, you and everyone else through. But we need to know Him as our personal Savior. Just like the writer tells us throughout Amos chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and even 9. He's reminding them. You know, you say, Pastor, what's the difference of hope in things and a positive way of thinking? Well, a positive way of thinking is you never see the, you never see the negative. But the hope is that no matter what you go through, what you're facing how bad it looks, we serve a risen Savior. We serve a God that never leaves or forsakes us. That's our hope today. We have the hope of eternity. We have the hope of His provision. And we have the hope of His healing. So the writer goes on and tells us here, he says what he did for the nation of of Israel. He said, that day I will restore David's fallen tents. So everything was going to be destroyed or had been destroyed. 
So he was going to restore the tent of David. He was going to restore the nation of Israel. He said, I will repair its broken places, restore its ruins, and build it as it used to be. So he was going to give the, the people of Israel the resources. He was going to give them the ability to rebuild, to build it as it used to be. That's what's important that we're reminded. He says, so that they may possess the remnants of Edom, what's left of Edom, and all the nations that bear my name. God was going to put them under authority. They were going to reclaim everything that was taken from them. It says, declares the Lord. It's a declaration from the Lord God. He will be the one that will do these things. Sometimes we have to wait upon the Lord. It says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will, over, will be overtaken by the plowman. We think about that and we say, wow, what does that mean? And the second half says, and the planter by the one treading grapes. We think about it, it's sort of like the reaper is harvesting. But the plowman is plowing new ground. They couldn't harvest it fast enough. And the plowman was already ready to plow as fast as they were harvesting it. And the planter, by the one treading the grapes, the planter was planting and the grapes were coming on. We think about that and say, Pastor, how is that possible? But it was saying that God was going to restore Israel to its glory, to God's glory, not its glory. But he was going to bring it back to, to what they had in the beginning, what was taken from them. It says, new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. We think about that saying, the newness of life is coming. It's not just one bit or a piece here and there or this week and that week. It was coming so quickly, the restoration. He said, I will bring back my exiled people, Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and they will live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. Think about that. What a vivid picture. He was bringing the exiles back. The cities were going to be rebuilt and they were going to live in them. They would plant vineyards and they would drink their wine. They would plant gardens and eat their fruit. They would be self-sustaining once again with the Lord's help. So that will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, saith the Lord your God. You know, I think about that, and you know, as many times as Israel has been, you know, people have been in exile. I think of the Six-Day War. I think it was in 62, I think. I don't know much about it, but it was an impossibility. But Israel became a nation once again. And I think of this, they could claim this promise today.
I will plant Israel in their own land, and never again to be uprooted from that land I have given them. God gave Israel that land. Israel was the chosen people of God. And you know, there's a lot happening in Israel. I've seen the news recently and, you know, but I think about that. You know, one day that's my life dream. That's my bucket list. The top of the list is to go to Israel and to go to India. To visit my friend there. But it's, 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 a, it's a goal that I have. I want to walk where Jesus walked. These towns and cities that are mentioned in the Old Testament and even in the New. I want to be able to, to walk, the, walk the way. I want to see Jericho. I want to see Jerusalem. I want to see where the Wailing Wall is. And I want to see the Garden of Gethsemane and the Sea of Galilee, where the many miracles that happened. I know many people that have went to Israel, and I know it's a little bit off the subject, but, you know, think about that. The visions of hope. That's what we have today, a message of hope for people. We live in a world that is, that is somewhat hopeless. All we have to do is look around. It seems like people are, are depressed. People are on antidepressants and they're on all kinds of things. They're stressed out. They're going through many, many crisis situations. And they say, I can't take it anymore. It's too much. I think about it today, you know? There's nothing wrong with medicine, and I'm not saying that. But where do you place your hope? Do we place it in the medicine to help us face another day? Or do we place it in the Lord's hands? I think a lot of things today can be dealt with by the Lord praying to God and asking Him for your help, or for His help. God has everything under control, but we need to be the one to ask the Lord for help. But as he was calling the nation of Israel back, he was asking them today, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. I'm praying for a revival, a revival of in individuals, and a revival in the church around the world, in the body of believers, not a building, that we humble ourselves before the Almighty God, that we cast visions of hope and not visions of judgment, not visions of discrimination, not visions of, you know, because you believe this way and I believe that way. You know, it's, it's sort of dangerous ground when you talk about putting down denominational walls. We put them up and say, I'm this and I'm that denomination. But there's not going to be separate areas for diff 
different denominations in heaven. We're all called to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, the one and only true God. But we need to know him as our personal Savior today. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the vision of hope, the fact that you restored the nation of Israel, the fact that you can restore us. Israel lost a lot because of their sin. People each and every day lose a lot. Families are separated. Loved ones are split up and not talking to one another. Marriages are fractured. But as we talked about in the morning message, God is in the miracle working business. Not a business that runs by the laws of this land, but he's, in, he's busy always seeking the lost, always seeking to restore marriages, always seeking to heal relationships. Sometimes we don't always see that. Sometimes we have to be attentive to the still small voice of God today. We live in a world that is clamoring. There are many voices talking in each of our ears. There's so many things out there that take our attention off of God. God's not going to make us a robot. But God wants us to be faithful. Think about it today. What is taking priority over God today? Just like the nation of Israel as we end Amos chapter 9. We can go back and think about all these things that came ahead of God. They acted like they were worshiping, but the worship was hollow. They acted like they, they were holier than thou. It's kind of an oxymoron or a crazy way of putting it. But you know, they were only on the outside. How many people, to be honest, sitting in our pews, in our churches, in our house churches, in our churches that meet under trees, wherever you meet, how many do it just out of obligation? How many sit in our churches and hear a message about sin, about repentance? As I spoke this morning, pastors are very, very afraid to speak on sin. I'm challenging pastors. Sin is what's wrong with this world. Does it mean God's taken his hand off this world? No. But people have taken their hand off of God. People have stepped away. People have left their first love like the churches, the seven churches. We need to get back to that. I'm praying for a revival of spirit among the body of believers. I'm praying for this vision of hope that many will come on and join the body of believers. Many will make a profession of faith.
They'll be baptized. But the sad story about it is, is that not all people will accept it. Scripture tells us that, you know, sometimes people aren't accepted within their own hometown. So you would shake the dust off your shoes as a way of saying, you know, we've, we preached the word, we taught the word, you rejected the word, so we're going to move on to someone else to, or another town where people are here. Not everybody is going to respond to the gospel. The word tells us that. All we have to do is look around and see how many people have accepted the Lord. How many people fill the pews of our churches? Or the chairs, if you have chairs, whatever, the benches. You know, I think of Africa where they use wooden benches. But I think about that today. Do we come and warm the bench of a church? Hear a fuzzy warm message and walk out, pick up with our life, the life of the world? Are we separated from the world? We can be in the world, but not of the world. The Bible tells us many times that we are going to face many challenges as Christians. But he will face it going before us, to the front, to the back, to the right, to the left. God will see us through. God is our hope today. So we pray for those who don't know the Lord is their personal Savior, that today can be that day. These messages of Amos have been very, very powerful. Like I said, I can't remember preaching out of Amos before. And as I continue in the Old Testament, bringing forth messages of repentance, messages of hope in a God that can save us, in a God that we will spend eternity with him if we are Christians. So today, those who don't know the Lord is our personal Savior, Today can be that day. Confess with your heart, with your mind, with your voice. Tell the Lord He's there to listen. He's quick to forgive. Find a Bible-believing church and walk in the newness of life. Not on the outside, but inside, a life change, a renewing of your mind, a fresh new start. You know, so many people start out right, but then when the valleys come or the hard times come, they step away. But that's when they should even draw closer to you, closer to the Lord, closer to the body of believers where they can carry one another's burdens, where they can talk to someone. Because our lives aren't that much different. Sometimes we've been through something that we can share with someone else that will help them because they're going through a similar situation or the same situation.
We can encourage one another. We can build one another, one another up in faith. So as we close out the book of Amos, and we begin on Monday with the Obadiah, we want to thank the Lord for all that he does and all that he will do and all that he has done thus far. Because all is not finished yet. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us this Friday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. You have a great weekend, and we look forward to joining you with a new message of hope and encouragement on Monday. God bless. Take care. Be healthy. Pastor Doug.